Cluster Bees Should Come with a Warning Label. Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. You know, you see on mattresses a warning label. Well, we see warning labels everywhere. Pretty much everything we buy can have a warning label on it. But when you get involved with a cluster B, there are no warning labels. And this leaves us confused. Okay, Maria Consiglio, you know I'm a big fan of Maria. Thank you, Maria, for writing this paragraph about covert narcissists. Okay, are they good or are they bad? The mass confusion in these relationships. And that's what they cause. So she writes, covert narcissists can be very difficult to detect. The whole reason why they're covert. That's one of the reasons why I think, and this is Maria writing, they are so dangerous. And I say they should come with a warning label. They can appear polite, helpful, and to really genuinely care about people. To the outside world, they appear to be good people. This is extremely confusing to victims. They see them doing things for others or caring about a charity, but then at the same time being really selfish and cruel to others, usually their family members or people close to them. This leads victims to suffer from tremendous cognitive dissonance. If you don't know what that means, look it up. What you need to realize is that they do it for appearances and the accolades they get from it. They love the praise and attention. They love hearing about what great people they are. It gives them a tremendous amount of narcissistic supply. Or, in the case of a borderline, it gives them validation. Upon looking closely, you will see that the real reasons they do things for people is always for their own self-interest. Their kindness is a mask they created to fit into the world and gain constant narcissistic supply. Now, this is different than a grandiose narcissist, the typical narcissist that you would expect to encounter, the one who walks into a room and, my gosh, they are loud, they are proud, and they're in your face. Also, they do the right things because they don't want to be embarrassed or look bad. Appearances are everything to covert narcissists. Survivors eventually realize they have a lack of real empathy, ultimately only care about themselves. Maria Consiglio. Maria, you, you basically described my cluster B wife in a nutshell. Always doing nice things for other people, always thinking about other people. And then when it comes to somebody like me, she could care less. But she didn't come with a warning label. And most people, decent people, don't know what a covert narcissist is. They've heard about narcissists and we all are told that they're the grandiose people. They're over the top. They're loud. They're brash, whatever. But most people are not aware of the silent, vulnerable, covert narcissist. Most people are not aware of the borderline. These are people that make up the cluster B family. Okay. So the best thing you can do is educate yourself And yeah, you got to go out there with kind of a mindset that there's going to be a lot of information and you have to kind of parse through it. Some of it is accurate. Some of it is not. You have to take away what you want to believe, just like this podcast. 
This podcast is about my experiences with what I suspect is a covert narcissistic wife of almost 22 years. I had no idea when I got involved with her all those years ago, I had no idea what I was dealing with. I knew I was dealing with somebody that was a little bit different. The constant breakups, the constant discards, the love bombing, which you know I don't like that term. It's more like sex bombing. But I didn't know any different. I cast aside another relationship to take on this relationship. And it's interesting to note that the other relationship, the other lady reached out to me because she was a friend of mine and has been a friend of mine to rekindle a friendship, not an affair. This woman lives 800 miles away from me. And the interesting thing is, is that I can draw an AB comparison between her and my wife. And the reason why the relationship ended with this lady was because there was nothing to fix. She was a good person. She was empathetic and she was kind. And now I can see the parallels and I can see that I am a recovering victim slash survivor of my relationship with my wife, because now I can see that I traded my wife or this lady for my wife and I made the wrong choice because at the time this woman didn't need to be fixed. She was normal, capable, loving, and kind as she is to this day. And now I can draw a parallel between the two. It's amazing. It's shocking because I'm sitting here going, wow, she's actually asking me, how's my day? Well, my wife never asks me that very rarely. And if she does, she's not really interested in hearing. It's just something she's kind of throwing out there for effect. So you will not see a warning label on a cluster B. You will have to be in tune to understand that these people are not normal. When they start breaking up with you, they start hoovering you back. They start breadcrumbing you. They start love bombing you. It seems too good to be true. Well, then it is because it's not normal. You know, when somebody is the person you think they are, when somebody's telling you that they love you after two or three dates, come on people. It's nice to hear, especially for empaths, especially for codependents who are waiting and waiting for somebody to come and say, I love you. I need you. I want you. And that's a cluster B. So that's why these codependents, including myself, a recovering one, are drawn into these relationships because we identify ourselves through the relationship. We're helping these people. We're rebuilding these people. What's wrong with that? We're doing something good. And again, as I said, my previous relationship to my wife's relationship, in comparing the two people, it's night and day. You know, it's, it's night and day. And it's sad for me to say, you know, I passed up that opportunity to get involved with my wife, who, boy, she came out like a bat out of hell with love bombing and building me up. And, you know, wow. And now I'm basically the dirt on her shoe. That's really sad. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. I always appreciate hearing from you. Please take a moment to review this podcast on whichever podcast platform you happen to be listening to it on. It does help spread the word. It helps the algorithm for other people to find this podcast, for other people to hear the truth. I really don't like a lot of other podcasts that I've listened to 
or a lot of other videos I've watched on YouTube by people who profess that in some form or fashion, the narcissist and or the borderline, well, they're really going to miss you once you break up with them. They're not. If they break up with you, they're moving on to another supply. And borderlines do that as well. They monkey branch. They move on while they're in the relationship with you to somebody else because the whole theater, the whole act has to replay itself, especially with a narc. It's worn its welcome out with you. Now you're beginning to come out of the fog. Well, that's not good. Their identity, their true identity has been revealed. My wife told me just the other day, she's looking for the perfect man. And I told her, you know what? That person doesn't exist. And then she told me, well, you know what? I have high standards. I'm sure you do. Maybe I was one of those high standards. Now I no longer fit the bill because now I've come out of the fog and now I recognize what I'm dealing with. And I can assure you that no narcissist likes that because then they've lost some of their magic. They've lost some of their power over you. They can't manipulate you if you know what they're doing. So it's on to another person. And that's exactly what my wife would do if given the opportunity. Not once in our relationship has she ever spoken of previous relationships in which she has described any emotion for these people, including me. Is that strange? Absolutely it is. If you talk to other people, you might find that they would say, you know, my first love. Or I met somebody who I fell in love with and I, I, just, I just thought they were the most wonderful person ever. Narcs won't do that because they can't love. Neither can borderlines. They have retarded emotional development. They act like six-year-olds. Okay? So if you want to have a relationship with a six-year-old, then go for it. But if you want to have a true intimate relationship with somebody who listens to you, somebody hears you, and somebody who respects you, then it's not going to be with a narc and it's not going to be with a borderline. It just is not possible. And I'm sorry if I'm delivering news that's a slap in the face. It pains me. I wish I could say, you know, if you do this or you do that, it's going to make a world of good and it's going to free them from the demons but it's not. They won't change. And frequently with time, they get worse. And if they keep you on the line and you actually want to be kept on the line as they're exploring other supply, well, then that's on you. You have to start the healing process. And for most of us, it's very difficult to do because it's scary. It's frightening and it's painful. It's extremely painful. But at the end of the day, you have to face your own inadequacies. You have to say, you know, what, what, what is it about me that keeps me in this relationship? Why am I still here? Write them down, review them, and see if you can get beyond it. Because that will set you free. New episodes uploaded each and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. My Inner Torch has been around for almost three years. In September, next month, at the end of September, I launched my first podcast. If you get an opportunity, you can see the evolution of my coming out of the fog from that day forward. It's an interesting thing, and it should happen for you as well. Be well, and in whatever you do, be good. This has been my Inner Torch. 